Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Today we're discussing Hazakim's Theophanies. Uh, Theophanies. Out, yep, which came out in uh, 2009. And I don't see it labeled on the CD itself, but it's also, they also refer to it as Hippologetics Volume 2. Um, yeah, that, the first one was Hippologetics, yeah. uh, album one or number one. Not a huge fan of the hippologetics thing I, I i like i get what they're going for um <laughs> but i i like theophanies um as an album title right. <laughs> you know in the album itself as we go through the songs it explains um what's it about um so hazakim is a messianic uh hip-hop uh rap group I know we definitely um, listened to and met them before um, this album came out. Was the first time you met them when we were at Messiah Conference in 2007? Yeah, that's the first time I remember uh, meeting them. We, we, we had a little mini opening for them <laughs> uh, for the, uh, the youth event. Uh, I think we played like two or three, four songs maybe at the most. Um, and you know our set was not very good but their theirs was a lot of fun and they were just really cool guys i remember talking to them and they were really friendly really welcoming and they they liked to they were there to like play for the youth and have a concert for the youth but i remember them also uh, like hanging out with the youth too and and talking to everybody and really open about that we had some okay moments with the with the concert you know i think it's still <laughs> established itself and and things yeah. like that. Um, so it was fun and like <laughs> that. And and then they did a a good concert. They'd been a, around for a while. Um, I think I at least knew about them for a few years before. I know I listened to them in two thousand five. Um, and they're from mm. Columbus, Ohio. So I had some loose connection at least with the uh, with their their home synagogue in Columbus, Ohio. Their first album came out in two thousand one, and then they they didn't release in the next album until uh, 2009, uh, which is this album. And I guess... Uh, yeah, that was a big big eight-year gap. Yeah. And there's actually, I mean, they've, they have four albums now, and then there's there's a big gap between all the records and things like that. I guess, you know, the main thing is it's not really their full-time gig. Yeah, they even talk about that in this album. <laughs> which is tough, because I, I think it, they're very talented. You know, Theophanies is talking about a visible manifestation of God. And at least in the Jewish tradition, it's unambiguous where, you know, the person was sure that it was was God itself. And there's a few examples. And uh, what did you think of the intro and outro um, songs? Because they're kind of uh, bookends. So the first time I listened to this, it was like, like a nice little introduction to the theme of the of the album and and in hip hop um 
culture and like and a lot of hip hop CDs, you know, adding interludes, a typical thing that a lot of hip hop albums do. It's just been a tradition for from for many of the albums. I like the lyrics. I like the the sample. I, I forget if it's. I don't know. If, I think they use a few samples um, from some some type of Jesus film, a biblical epic. Um, at times, I, I sometimes feel like the interludes go on a little long, and I want to get to the music. But I appreciate kind of the arguments, the, the kind of little pastoral and hip hop. No, actually, it's just apologetics, like uh, discussions that are being sampled here. I understand that there's a lot of rap introductions and things like that. It was kind of okay to listen once, um, but I generally skip them. I'm not a a fan of either the intro or the outro. Yeah, they're a little long. It's all right. Now, the album itself is like 72 minutes long, so there's a lot of content in it. You know, some of that extra stuff I'd be, I wouldn't have, have missed it if it was kind of cut out. For like the the intro, it's like, I think it's almost two minutes long, and if they had, you know, whittled it down to like 40 seconds, that would have been, that would probably would have been enough. Even the outro itself, I'm just kind of mentioning because it's about the, you know, same kind of feel is where, there's about 40 seconds of a song and then it seems to stop and then it comes back again. Reminds me of when I last saw Hazakim live. You know, I've seen them a few other times other than that. Um, I remember mm -hmm. the, the concert itself, you know, and they were the only performer. Uh, felt like it took a while to really get going. Like there was a bunch of like warm up type songs. I feel like this album also has that, you know, I, I think it, more critical up front but then I, I think it starts to get better over time so like yeah i don't really care for the first song and then i think it's not really till shamayim of gold uh which is uh hmm. track four on the album that i really find a song that i like you know, okay next yeah, song gotcha. is okay um now there's still at least musically because i i there are lyrics that I like in Fulfillment and Genesis 18. Going into Fulfillment, you know, it, it spells out things, uh, matter of fact, and it's comparing teachings about Messiah and Joseph, you know, suffered to redeem and a lost man and Messiah, Ben David coming yeah. to complete God's plan. Yeah, that's pretty great stuff. Well arranged lyrically, um, you know, who believed our report, Isaiah, and then talking that he's the Lord of the Sabbath when he's being pure persecuted. And also like he's throwing in mm -hmm. Yeshua as the average Galilean, we wanted another king, which is definitely a common theme in, in Judaism that the messianic anticipation is that it's gonna be an earthly kingdom, a uh, physical kingdom, at least in Israel, but maybe larger than that, um, where it's mm -hmm. you know, establishing a, a just theocracy. And then saying, you know, a second time comes with judgment, setting up his earthly role. A lot of references to Revelation in the song. So it's definitely a stark difference yeah. from a lot of other artists that we've reviewed, um, even the Messianic and Christian, where, you know, explicitly talking about Yeshua and, and Messiah and spelling the message. Um, in some way, that means there's not as much to talk about because there's, it's not a hidden meaning or a second meaning. Or double meaning on that. At the same time, you know, I guess we could we will just kind of talk about what what are some of the clear messages they're making here because I think it's worth highlighting. Yeah, in the first few tracks, uh, I feel like 
So between Fulfillment and then Genesis 18, I think those really kind of set the scene pretty well for this album in terms of the themes. Brace Yourself, I feel like, um, you know, recently they did that album Origins, um, which um, kind of went, went into the more science and kind of like putting putting God at like a, um, at the head in terms of creation, uh, putting God in terms of, uh, uh, yeah, overall creation and, and being like the one in, in Brace Yourself about Job you know, where God speaks and he answers Job and says, well, you know, were you there? You know, I created everything basically. And so that one, I feel like if they had known that they were going to make origins, maybe they could have held off on that one. But, um, but uh, yeah, I like, I like the idea of like with between the, the two, the song, the song's fulfillment and then, and the Genesis 18 of kind of setting the, like the, the, the Lord as the same, the, you know, he's old, he's older than, what's happening in Genesis and he, you know, he appeared back then and he has, he's, he's, he set apart the Hebrew, the, um, the, the line of Abraham, the line of David, you know, the line of Joseph and Jesse and Moses and, and he, and he was there back then that, that theme, um, goes, goes throughout this album and that Yeshua was part of that line. And, and then, and then that was a way that God, um, prepared the way he showed up and spoke to the people back then and then also showed up in in, in the form of a man later on as the passover lamb <laughs> <laughs> yeah and definitely passover lamb and all those things get referred to a few times yeah there's there's a few references you know kind of get to it on the you know scientific views and things like that some of the songs where there's not as much information like the hebrew intro for this song it seems like it's the verses or the start of the chapter you know genesis 18 especially um i did recognize that you know yah was one of the words uh, but that's not something i know for mm -hmm. sure i think it's you know it's talking that like um nobody may see god and live abraham saw a man or an angel equated with god and then they, mm -hmm. they drop theophanies so it's an example. Theophanies. Yeah. An example of um, someone knowing that they saw God. Um, you know, Abraham mm -hmm. refers to Abraham refers to the visitor as most high. I guess this is a theological term and but this album in particular was was the one that kind of introduced the term to me. But I, I was familiar with it as um like as a theological concept, generally speaking. It kind of contradicts the, um, the kind of the, so, you know, some people have this view of the Lord, of, of God as being, you know, he created, he created the heavens and the earth, and then on the seventh day he rested, and then some people think he's just not active in the world at all. But uh, this album kind of has, the, you know, shares that he's act, very active and alive and, and interacting with hum humanity throughout. He's, he's, not, he's not a passive God showing up generationally you know from the start of adam to you know a couple hundred years before messiah that was consistent on that so throughout the old testament um it's a a lot of direct appearances and a lot of active participation talking about uh brace yourself as job you know which is job 30 to 41 there's some interesting lyrics which i think are, are biblical but it's not something i necessarily think about so besides him talking to joe about 
subduing the Leviathan and other um, earthly things that Job would talk about. Um, I think it was, they threw in some stuff that, you know, they were knowledgeable past now that this, or well, the song, and it's in God's first person voice, he's talking about galaxies, which not really something that the they really understood in the Old Testament. And yeah, and he was saying like a, that he's talking to Gideon at the same time he's in this millennium right now, which is oh right yeah it's, <laughs> it's kind of talking about you know being ever present like ever you know throughout time you know the lyrically you know it's similar to the thousand years is like a day. The Job passage they kind of they talk about the Lord kind of speaks in Job's terms and in in the in the way that you know humanity back then would have understood it. And so the, like the, the, he's basically mentioning like constellations. He's like, were you there when I formed the constellations? And he's like, hey, can you count, can you count the, can you measure the distance between the stars essentially, <laughs> which is, um, and then, you know, we, we, we find out now we, we call them galaxies, but we, there's still, there's still a lot of, about, about the, the dimensions that we, we, we like humanity's still discovering about how, how deep and wide um, space goes and how far and God's like, yeah, this is like, I, I made that. I, uh, I can measure it. You know, you, you, I have my little, I don't even need a little ruler or, you know, a, um, a compass, but, uh, but I could, you know, and it's, it's, it's small. It's like, it's like a little kid doing, um, doing, you know, measuring the, the distance on a piece of paper. By the way, this yeah. sofa at the end um, has like an audio plug for answers in Genesis.org, creationist site. I think it's at least partially run by Ken Ham, who's the famous one of the famous uh, creationists. So I don't, I don't mm. fully agree with some of the stuff. That's that's interesting. There certainly able to talk about that. I don't. I'm not knowledgeable enough to all of his the science i know some of it's been controversial because people don't want to like they don't want to ex accept the premise but then other other things are controversial because it's also not yeah. I, that's my understanding that's my understanding it's not necessarily science there's probably that's my, my point on that as well yeah, there's <laughs> points that are are made that is casting doubt on climate change um for example and i think that's oh, yeah more applicable to you know real life impacts and definitely disagree because you know i i believe that there is man-made climate change that's bad for the environment i think that the evidence is clear within the last century um even if you can cast doubts on the you know the fossil record or geological record mm -hmm. yeah i think the idea is just like like we're we're created beings and we're so like we'll find out like what's a you know people said you can never get you, the atom is the smallest thing that there is in the in the world and then they like and then they split the atom and then, then they went found deep they went deeper and deeper and then they like the little the the particles that make up the particles are smaller uh, and then then there are smaller like nanoparticles or whatever <laughs> whatever it is that's the lyrical theme the way i kind of see climate change is like there's definitely man-made climate change and we impact we impact the planet 
God could stop it, but I think he also allows us to make our own mistakes. I think later on, um, all the way towards the end of the album, Only Hope is talking about how things are getting worse in the world. And I think that's uh-huh, right. It's the consequences of mistakes that we make as a society as a whole. And not saying that you can't uh, burn carbons at, at all, but it's something that has to be managed. And I think it's something that will be managed eventually, you know, assuming this world continues on for centuries. I think that's something that, you know, we'll develop technology that'll uh, mitigate and basically it'll be more expensive to damage the environment than not and that the problems will be solved, but that doesn't mean that there won't be uh, suffering as a result or at least, uh, you know, on a global scale. Yeah, which is heaven. So I really like the female pop hook that they have on this. Do you know what it's sampling? You know, I I don't have any information on any of the sampling um, for this album. I used to have the booklet, but but, uh, um, I left my copy in America. It was a little shofar on this. I like the piano, the piano loop too. I I sometimes go into the phases of like listening to a lot of rap and hip hop. And this is this is a kind of like one of the those styles that I that I tend to dig the word that's like you know jazz or piano samples and like down tempo. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know which uh, how do you how you'd categorize it down tempo and just like peace, peaceful and, and beautiful um, background loops and then um, just a nice little beat on top of that and then and guys just flowing. And I I I, uh, I love I love this the way this song like shows um portrays heaven uh as uh as like as a as a great place to be you know walking with Yeshua, um a place of you know peace a place of um wonder and beauty there's holiness and and walking with the lord and it's not um it's not that it's not a boring place you know yeah, I like. I I don't know. Like you know, I think they kind of maybe they. I don't know what, if it appears in 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 the scriptures where about the part about transportation and like uh, uh, teleportation, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, and like the need for transportation. But uh, they have they have some fun, creative, creative ways of expressing things that actually do like appear in scripture. Where you know, like Ezekiel's meditating in one area, and then he's like so suddenly in you know, at the temple, you know, that happens in, in the New Testament where, where guys are, um, I think Philip is ministering to the, the eunuch and then he's, uh, he's whisked away <laughs> and he's moved to another area. So it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun um, and reverent picture of heaven too. It's a real good description. Um, you know, it talks about earth as a makeshift home. Then it's talking about heaven as the ultimate Sabbath day. You're hearing lyrics so wonderful for now it's unlawful to quote. Wait, I wasn't sure about that one. <laughs> you know, eating for pleasure and then describing the the size of it, you know, DC to Dallas, but just as many miles up. You know, New Jerusalem is described as a cube, which is on earth we deal with so little as as far as up and down. Like I live relatively high elevation is you know, I live at 4,500 feet, and then there's some mountains that are, you know, 10 to 12,000 feet nearby, and that sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, but that's not that much vertically, you know, so I live less than a mile in elevation, you know, mm-hmm. from average, you know, 
kind of the base sea level. Travel so much, you know, width and you know, in two dimensional place, but then, you know, even airplanes at thirty thousand feet, that's only uh, like six miles. Yeah, it's still not too high. Yeah, I got to ride up, ride with my um, with a friend who had he was had a pilot's license for a little bit, and just you know, just trying to think about navigation while uh, while up in the plane, where you have to think of. Um, you know, you know, Star Wars and up, up and down. The funny thing is in Star Wars, the film, you know, they only sometimes like change the dimension in which they're fighting. A lot of times they're like, they still film it as, as if it's a um, horizontal, <laughs> horizontal fighting. And then, and then they go up. Definitely, it's a lot of science fiction is based on two dimensional planes as, as far as that. Um, yeah. Star Trek is also um, real guilty of that. Like they always show, uh, ships approaching head on, um, uh-huh. essentially. You know, and it makes sense if there's only two ships that it's you're gonna get a horizontal plane that's in between it. But if you have three or four ships, you know, it's like it might be slightly raised up. But they we still get our you know reference points from land battles essentially. But a thousand miles up is is huge. It sounds manageable in Revelation, like they do some description to show how how big it is also just one just the city of new jerusalem like i think that heaven is infinite our minds are gonna we're gonna be i think surprised but pleasantly surprised once we get there (laughs) i agree on that and definitely you know it's yeah beyond a lot of words and also as it says in the lyrics like not a a long line of steps into heaven and then babies with wings. Um, <laughs> Salvation plan has another hook that I like. And then it's talking about, you know, the Yom Kippur offering and yeah. comparing that to the, you know, the spotless lamb being sacrificed as intentional fulfillment. You know, Yeshua's body's be, being broken for the sacrifice. God put it put it together, right? Uh, but the the uh, Yom Kippur uh, sacrifice, you know, it, it gives it kind of the reverence and shows it how like how necessary it is to be re- restored. And it's like the priest is interceding, and you know we're we're confessing confessing sins. We need we need to be cleansed and all and all of that. The Lord has this uh, this bigger bigger plan, and throughout history too, and through through the line of Ben Joseph, Ben David, all that, um, to to create a, the larger salvation plan. Stephen the Levite is the I want to I want I've been I've listened to his, some of his music uh, a little bit, and I, w- I would like to listen to to, uh, to a bit more within Christian hip hop. You know, uh, faith faith hip hop who are you know like really straightforward with their lyrics and want to quote scripture like Hazakim and he's he's one of he's uh, Stephen Levite's another one of those guys they were I think they were label mates for a little while too on lamp mode but I think it was a good a good use of it and I wonder how I wonder how the writing went you know Hazakim's like hey we have these kind of like these specific scriptural references and these themes that we want to kind of have in the song can you go can you come up with the flow that goes off with that that's kind of how I pictured it uh, and they probably, you know, say, "Is that cool, man?" <laughs> and then, and then they, and then they did it together. That's how. That's that's what I'm wondering. I'm guessing. 
back in the day too on youtube they had some there were some interesting um um i don't know if these are still on there but lamp mode had some videos of these guys all talking theology <laughs> it's kind of fun no i hadn't heard that and i don't think their videos are on lamp mode anymore their follow-up album was released on the label but not origins uh i, re I really like in genesis 32 they take the uh, jewish prayer which includes which the first half is a very common is commonly known um, because a lot of Jewish prayers start with the same introduction. Um, you wanna, do you want to say it? Bless are you, O God, ruler of the universe. Um, so that's a very mm -hmm. common introduction. And then the, the rest of it, talking about the specific prayer, says, for, for I've seen God to face, face to face, and yet my life is spared. Just talking about mm -hmm. um, Jacob in this case. So an ex another example of theophanies, Jacob uh, wrestling. Um, either it could be an angel or at least like the angel of God. And yeah, the scriptures describe it as an angel of the Lord. It could have been. It could have been an appearance of Yeshua or like you know the or at least manifestation of of God. Translations are either the angel of the Lord or an angel of the lord which is like messenger right essentially messenger of the lord a lot of people think that it could be yeshua before obviously that you know jacob was able to wrestle and that they were able to be in a stalemate for you know for a night or however long that was all right reminds me of another uh, hip-hop artist i like called grits uh a lyric they have that goes and if you wrestle with god then bring a crutch for your hip <laughs> for mercy my favorite sample out of the the album yeah so there's res record scratching and then like a high-pitched male voice saying here we go here like, we go do you have any guesses on what that sample was oh uh, no i have no idea i don't know the one that they use for the 80s mix too that flows out of this song um but i love yeah i love the 80s mix especially that comes out of i kind of put these two songs those two together they've talked about the holiness of god and the you know the the overall the the power and strength of god you know you don't want to mess with but then there's salvation and then there and there's mercy too so um you know we are we you come into his graces by his mercy and it talks about yeah infinite and infinite price i like the continued hook that goes in the 80s mix you know the female vocal vocals you know where the flute loop you know, where would we be separated for eternity? And I like that they branched out into a separate song, even though they kept the they kept the beat going. You could just put on the 80s mix if you're feeling like it, you know. <laughs> I've done that before in my car. <laughs> when they do it live, they do they do both songs. And I think that also that works really well. It gives them a little break in that case because they're you know they're just playing the playing the samples or pre-recorded music go but heavy laden is an interesting lyric so they're talking about you know being honest about financial situation you know sitting behind a cubicle um which obviously they're talking about and stuff and it's tough to get support and things like that and there's like other artists who are kind of not necessarily you know, even acknowledging the Lord, you know, you know, even as 
you know, Christian artists as they as they talk about that, then they, they struggle that. Uh, I like that. I like that they do it as um, they kind of use it as like a frame story. They're telling telling a story. They kind of take you on a on a journey with it. Basically, they're saying like, you know, they were asked to put down, or like he was asking to put down the cross, which is you know the burden that they have to bear, and then they look and see that there's crosses of different sizes. God or Yeshua asked them to choose a cross to pick up and they pick up one that looks small and then they then he realizes that that's the one they they started with i like that story and they're obviously very talented it's really skilled and you know i think they are really good you know they're certainly uh the best messianic rappers yes and i think they're up there on, I... on really talented as far as christian artists my main feeling is that the the songs themselves um, need more work. That I think they're really skilled for crafting lyrics and and performing, but that they would need you know songs that became more popular. I guess. Yeah, I think there are some on it here that you know within the the long track list here. I think there are some that would, could definitely be pretty popular. It works more of like as, as a concept album. In their follow-up, Son of Man, there are a few a few tracks that I think would work as like singles. I sometimes wish I'm like maybe you know if Toby Mac picked them up for his goatee records and kind of men- helped mentor them without without um, you know so they could continue to include keep keep their they don't want to lose any of their content, any of their themes, any of their ideas, any of their creativity. And I like I like some of the randomness too. I like like they're using super bizarre samples. Or not bizarre samples, but it's a funny, it's a kind of interesting, eclectic mix of samples. But yeah, but perhaps on the if they had some singles, the more people would would like them if they were exposed to them. And it's tough because I, I mean I know they played um, churches, played Messianic, and it, it was just kind of seems like a tough reality where um, you can't be self-supporting even if you're the most popular and best Messianic rapper. Like Aviad Cohen was only able to, you know, basically be independent for like a year or two with that, and then at least for him, he had he had a web business, like a web design business on the side. So he was able to do more than just a hobby, but wasn't able to do it full time for years and stuff like that. And music business in in general is really tough, and it's tough for artists to to get enough sales that it provides a success, you know, long-term. Like it's a good song and it it's well-performed musically and lyrically, but it, it is an odd fit on an album that almost entirely does work as a concept album. Yeah, this one and the following track, Uncut and Raw too. Uh, and I think you captured this on video. I remember having having a conversation with them about how like artists just use like two beats, go boom, 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 boom. If you can make that, you can make a beat, and <laughs> like for a hip hop art artist, and go, um, just like some simple samples, and yeah, I remember them. I remember them t- talking about that. You know, and that's later than the our conversation. We were talking to them live in 2007. We have that on on video, and then this album came out in 2009. Obviously, they had some songs. You know, already. So there's some interesting 
yeah, things in this. Yeah, God gave me a backbone. I think they're saying like, yes, Lord Yigi. Yes, Lord. Yigi, Yigi, yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Lord. Does Yigi mean anything? Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've heard it for in um, possibly in other rap songs. That's kind of it. Makes it, it kind of makes me think of um. Uh, I don't know what if, if this is accurate, but it makes me think of Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah. And and some other. And I could see Snoop saying, yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what they're playing off of. I just wasn't sure if there was an extra meaning on that. And they say, you know, hmm. rap as this intelligence is shown. And then sometimes I'm ashamed to say I rhymed uh, because of that. They're certainly intelligent on how they craft their lyrics and how they did their research on on the words that would go into this. It probably also just flows out of, I'm guessing, being hip-hop fans. But yeah, Tony and Mike, if you if you happen to listen to this and you, you have some insight, you can tell us. Exodus 3. Now, this was the song that I was going to talk about, the flute loop on that. Talking about Moses afraid to see God face-to-face. You know, that Moses would continue mm-hmm. to communicate with God through his life, but that he didn't see God face-to-face. He basically saw him through you know, through a shadow or through the burning bush, which a burning bush is the kind of the, the classic example of uh, theophanies. So it's, a, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, the main example of an unambiguous manifestation of God. You know, that in mm-hmm. um, Mount Sinai, um, the pillar of clouds and smoke. Mm-hmm. I listened to a good um, uh, R.C. Sproul sermon about the, the Exodus 3 um, the the burning bush and kind of what was happening there and he uh, he used that term theophanies it was pretty cool it, re- it reminded me of this album i rec- recommend that rc sprawl sermon passover lamb is an interesting i really think it's interesting how they structure the song the verse where one of them is talking about one of them's anti blood on the on the wall and then the other one is pro blood on the wall uh referring to uh, the original Passover, and then we're talking about the chorus about how God is taking the life. I really like. Then it goes into the second call and response verses about believing in the in the blood of Messiah Yeshua, and then there's a slightly tweaked chorus, but it's still talking about like death to the man where the blood isn't found uh, protecting them. Obviously, that's already in the scriptures, but I thought it was really good lyrically. Yeah, and I like this, um, you know, foc- focusing on the, the the Passover and the Passover lamb, dwell- dwelling on it and kind of acknowledging in that and kind of showing it within the idea, within the larger theme of um, the salvation plan and and then where they're going with the next with the next song too, with the crucifixion description. But uh, I like, yeah, the, the the lyric, God has provided a Passover lamb. He, he provided that the way out. And the original verse is talking about, yeah, it's a, saying that it's a bizarre practice and not sure if we'd follow it, even though um, kind of conflicting information verse, which I, I think is a little manufactured. Um, not sure how many people had that actual view. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. the redemption is found in the blood of the lamb. Comparing the foolishness of the first verse, which which seems obvious, with the foolishness in the second verse, which doesn't seem 
as obvious as people saying they're trusting in, in the good deeds. It wasn't very subtle, or at least it really hammers the point home in the second verse. If people believe in good deeds, I, I, I don't think they have it as thought out as well as, the, as how they created it in the verse. Going on the crucifixion description, which might be one of their more uh, popular songs. It's kind of interesting because it's a real, um, you know, dark song, things like this. But this did get some uh, traction, at least people sharing it, um, talking, kind of going details mm -hmm. on uh, the pain and suffering that Yeshua went through. They've referenced hematidrosis, drosis, or hematidrosis. Um, From a medical perspective, tell us what was involved. What is hematidrosis? That's if you're sweating so hard that you sweat blood. So it's offered as a possible explana explanation for a description of what happened with Yeshua um, before their crucifixion started. And, and then it goes on, minor concussion, um, marred beyond recognition. I'm talking about nine leather tongs with metal balls. Um, critical as his condition before the nails were even driven. Pretty intense, obviously. Now, it did yeah, they don't make light of it. Place of the skull, which is a biblical reference, but then it's it's a little vague on where that actually refers to in in the real world. Um, so I've actually been to both uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the Garden Tomb. So those are two different oh, cool. places where um, supposedly Yeshua died. Church of the Holy Sepulchre was set up like a couple hundred years afterwards, and then it's been kind of the traditional Catholic, which is certainly possible. The garden tomb is set up more like a traditional burial tomb and things like that. And it was it was a tomb that was found. That's interesting. It could, it quite possibly could be neither of those places. Um, you know, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The main issue I think is that it's a couple hundred years out, and then it was like immediate at the time it was directly as in like feed outside of the, the holy city uh, outside of jerusalem mm -hmm. and it sounds like um it sounds like he was buried somewhere that was close enough to the city that you could like that people would see you know the sign but it sounds like that might have been too close and the garden tomb issue mm -hmm. it sounds like it was a legit tomb um and it could be the location, mm -hmm. but that was only a few hundred years ago. Around, you know, 1900, when they were deciding the place, there was a rock formation that looked like a skull. Oh, and, gotcha. But then over time, there was erosion, um, even though the area was left undisturbed. By our times, you know, the skull is non-existent. You know, obviously there's photographs of, mm -hmm. of it. A hundred years before the tomb, you know, there's no hard proof, but it's very likely that the skull formation wasn't there in 1800 or earlier than that. It feels like it was a convenience um, created by uh, Protestant movements so that there'd be a place to go outside of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah, gotcha. So, and, yeah, and, who I, I, mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I know that, that doesn't really um, have as much to do the song but it just kind of reminded me of that you know referencing whatever the place of the skull yeah i mean did it help you um did it help it 
like did it help you to dwell on it though like the um the, the sacrifice that yeah. the lord made both places were, when you went there i think that there was a reverence and, and symbolism there and it worked either way it's still worthwhile visiting either of the places somebody made a, a youtube video that uh kind of used i think parts parts of the passion but yeah you kind of have to it's a heavy song so it's not something that i you know just go play necessarily the video but i'll listen to the song you know in the which in the at the, other than the context of the album so i think it's an, a very important part of part of the album speaking of your your visiting the the, the next song risen goes if you were to go today where do they roll the stone away then you hear all god's people say it's empty <laughs> Yeah, the, and it's really fun. It, it is a yeah. kid, uh, chorus and, and words, yeah. Uh, took the keys of death and the grave and added uh -huh. his keychain. He's dismissing the theory that Yeshua died, or Yeshua laid for three days in almost death-like state and then recovered and was able to roll the stone away himself and get away from the guards. And then the other third, mm -hmm. you know, that the disciples stole the body. In that case, they would have died for what they knew was a lie. So at the end, it's like he simply rose. Now, how's that for Da Vinci Code? I haven't actually seen Da Vinci Code or, you know, or read the books. I, I know a little about the story, but... I read a, one of the books, the book that came before it, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a popcorn book <laughs> with bad theology. Yeah, it's kind of questionable. I think I like doing those angles from a fictional and perspective um like i, I definitely enjoy speculative fiction um like i like what mm, yeah stuff like that so it's an interesting thought experiment and it could be a good novel but i wouldn't believe that's what actually happened anything else on this song okay so it's a nice up, upbeating upbeat one in judges three it's interesting that the he says uh jehovah and it's just chock full of Hebrew in the rest of this, in the rest of it. Um, so it's interesting that they use that. And I can understand, I can more understand that they use uh, Jesus in lyrics sometimes. You know, it continues the themes of a good, a really good song they had on the first album, uh, Liar, Lunatic, Lawyer, or Legend, which was kind of their oh, yeah. popular song on the first album, breaking down how it's likely, you know, that you, Yeshua rose from the dead, and that means that he's Lord. And the only hope, so it's talking about the downfall of the world. I, I like Yeshua as the only hope. It's talking about some stuff. I think some stuff is either prophetic or stuff that hasn't gone away, you know, kind of hitting at police brutality and then talking about drinking water. Mm -hmm. And those stuff is definitely still there as the last 10 years. The same like Islam taking over the globe, which I think is. Uh, I don't think it's true. I think it's people believing what they want to believe. In, in the U.S., people just ignoring kind of even any theophany. <laughs> That's kind of what people would want to do, seem to want to do in the U.S. The album, obviously it's long, um, but that it kind of has like a, a slow wind down, I think, over the kind of last three songs. I like the Kados, Kados, Holy, Holy. I like that. But yeah, it, it does wind, it does wind down. I do like that where it's, you know, has some other lyrics from Revelation four, and then summary of the evidence. Michael Brown, just talking about 
evidence of Messiah and God appearing to humans. And then the outro mm-hmm. that we discussed before. Overall, it's really solid. You know, I would recommend picking up this album. It's a little hard to hard to find, um, at least physically, but you can get it digitally. Yeah, I liked it so much that I even gave it to my um, to my sister for I forget if it was a Christmas present or a birthday present, but I I gave, I gave it to her. She was she was the one who introduced me to Christian hip hop with the gospel gangsters, the devil playing with my mind. I was lost. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, I dig this. Uh, I dig this album. It's definitely worth uh, checking out live if you can ever get a chance to. Like when they really get into a get into the groove like they it's fun to hear them go back and forth so that wraps it up but feel free to get in touch with us and we'll continue to review more messianic christian and secular albums and other artistic works well thanks for listening yeah check out hazakim bye-bye thank you for listening to the messianic media podcast a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.